back to another episode of Backlash Podcast. I'm not sure what number this is, and it doesn't really matter, does it? We've been doing this for a lot of weeks in a row. We're going to give her another run this week. Our guest is going to be Jeff Lang, not a household name. He's self-proclaimed weekend warrior, much like myself, and he's going to talk about biometrics. Biometrics is a an app that they have available, and it can uh, try to help you put more muskies in the net and... and He's going to explain that myometrics are definitely not an end-all, be-all to catching muskies, but they can definitely help put things in your favor, uh, given you know the right time and place. And so that's kind of how that's going to go. My co-host today is Brad Hoppy with Muskie Mayhem Tackle. And Brad, how are things going today? We're doing good, Jeff. Got the day off today. It's Sunday. It feels kind of good, but the day off means I'm in the shop. So I've been working in the shop all day. When we're done with this, I'm going back to the shop. How's that sound? Yeah, that's about the same. Sounds like my story. I got home. I, did, I had the day off in this, this morning because I went up north, came home. Or I went up north yesterday sometime and then came home today. And, uh, yeah, I jumped in the shop, had to, had to uh, take a break to do this podcast. And then, much like you, I'm going to have to jump back in the shop because I got to go to work tomorrow. Like when I say work, I mean regular work. Like I got to go wire stuff and be an electrician tomorrow. So yeah. Fun part. Yeah, definitely back at it. Things are, things are busy. Obviously it's always at, it's this, it's just time of year, you know, I mean, it's July. Yep. I know exactly what you mean. So I, uh, I knew this, like everybody's talking about how their water temps are, you know, whatever, getting higher and that like, they think it's all the way through the water column. Brad, I can definitely tell you by jumping in Pelican Lake this weekend, it was not all the way through the water column. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty funny. We had a little mini cold front this past week and cooled things right back down for us as well. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, we've been playing that line throughout the whole season, it seems like, but we're sitting in pretty decent shape. I mean, we're going into the second week of uh, July. I would say we're we're doing pretty good, really. Yeah. How is fishing been, anyways? I, I don't know myself personally. I haven't been out much, but uh, it's been one of those kind of years. I hope that changes. Maybe this week, potentially, I might sneak away for a day with my daughter. We'll see how the, how the schedule goes. But how's your, how's your fishing experience been the last couple of weeks? Um, you know, this past week, we ended up getting a few fish, and it was decent. But I'll tell you this, it's been small windows. If you aren't putting your time in, you're going to be struggling, that's for sure. Cool. So I wanted to publicly say thank you to Duff Theory. Duff reached out to me shortly after my dad passed away, and he wanted to paint up a matlock for me in honor of my dad. And my dad had always he's always told me stories about walleye fishing on Lake Ogiebic up in Michigan, catching fish on a, on a orange and gold Rapala. So as soon as Duff told me, I knew what I needed to do. I needed to get a picture of one of those to Duff, and he did, and he knocked it out of the park. And, um, you know, Brad, it's just a testament to some of the guys in the musky industry, how how cool they are and certain things they'll do. And I just want to thank him publicly. I don't know if he listens. I know occasionally he does, but he doesn't like this part of the podcast, Brad, so he'll probably skip over it. But if he's listening, Duff, I just want to thank you for that, you know, publicly. And, and uh, I mean, just like I said, some of the stuff guys do in the musky world, it's really awesome and uh thank you absolutely you know and he's one of the best that's for sure but you're right i mean the musky world it's a small little world we pretty much know all of each other and uh it's a it's a special sport that's for sure absolutely that's i mean we've talked about it on past podcasts how a lot of these guys think these companies are so big and how 
there's really not very many of them that are very big. I would say a big one would be like 10 employees, which in reality, it makes them a very small one. And so it's just, um, you know, it's just a tight, tight knit group kind of in a sense. It's, I always say it's like big, but it's small. There's a lot of people in it, but it's still very small. And, and it's a, it's a cool community. And I think that's what kind of maybe what drew me to musky fishing, you know, in a sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I think, uh, you know, as a musky angler, all of us, you know, the listeners, whoever is a musky angler, basically we're weirdos really. At the end of the day, we really truly are. We're a special breed. Um, there's not many people out there that can do what we do. And, uh, I think that uniqueness in itself makes it special as well. For sure. So before we go talk to Jeff, a uh, couple of things, you know, if you are looking for musky gear for, you know, the rest of the season or fall, you know, the summer or fall, whatever it is, check out teamrhinooutdoors.com. You know, we're sourced for a bunch of musky gear. If you, um, you know, I, I just talked about Duff before, but I also, you know, we, we get new products in all the time and it's been difficult to try to keep everything in stock all at one time, but we just got a pile of matlocks and headlocks. We even got one named after Brad, Hoppy Walleye. It's been super popular. That's back in stock. So if you're looking for a really fresh batch of supernatural big baits, we have them. We have our new release gloves that we have. It's got the Team Rhino Outdoors logo on there. So if you're looking to rep some TRO gear, you can do that. And speaking of TRO gear, guys asked me for performance ho- performance shirts with hoods on them. You know, we got that stuff now too. Um, more stuff always never stops. Just continue to check out our website. And we appreciate everybody's support this summer, this year, last year everything so if you want check out team outdoors.com and i'm sure brad's got a company he wants you to check out as well yeah well i'm brad hoppy from musky mayhem tackle again i would like to thank everybody out there for being loyal customers it's truly appreciated and you can check us out at musky tackle.com or you can check us out on youtube as well as instagram and facebook we're continually uh putting products out to the retailers but you can also check out our website as well and if you're looking for different clothing items t-shirts sweatshirts we also have some hooded sun shirts that have been pretty popular so maybe check those out as well all right brad well i know you got things to do and i have things to do so let's go dial up a conversation with jeff and thanks again everybody for listening we'll catch you all next week after our conversation with jeff All right, our guest this week is Jeff Lang with Blue Sky Inventions, and Jeff is going to talk about biometrics. So, Jeff, first things first, first time the podcast. First off, we want to thank you for coming out tonight, today, whatever time it is. Brad, I don't even know what what day it is. You know, we just want to thank you for that. And if you could, why don't you talk a little bit about everything, you know, everything that uh, is involved with Blue Sky Inventions and the biometrics part of it, and then we'll kind of dive into conversations about, you know, what it is. But why don't you talk about that, you know, the premise behind it a little bit or, or kind of your background? Yeah, sure. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Love the podcast. Um, listen to it every week. Super excited to, to be part of it with you. So uh, you guys are doing a real, I think, a real service to the industry. And like I said, I love it. So thanks again for having me on. So, yeah. So uh, my name's uh, Jeff Lang and uh, myself and a, and a guy named Pat Heideman started a company called Blue Sky Invention Company. You know, I'm a computer scientist, computer programmer, you know, for my day job. And I've been fishing muskies for 
um, over 45 years. Uh, when I was a kid, we, um, my, my dad moved up north, or my parents moved up north um, into Vilas County and had never musky fished before. You know, in the 70s, uh, we, we, we went up there and kind of got bit by it early and not at the same level as most of your guests where they're professionals on the water all the time. And I think we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I've definitely been in the sport for 45 years and, you know, I haven't caught thousands of muskies, but I've, uh, I've caught hundreds for sure. Pretty much on the water, 75 days a year, I'm out there in one way or another, uh, maybe leaning a little more towards you, Jeff, what do you call yourself a weekend warrior? <laughs> definitely not in Brad's, uh, in Brad's category. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, I, uh, for a long time felt that there was probably a connection between the two things I, you know, do the things I do for work and the things I do for, for passion. And, and, um, a while ago, like a long time ago, I would say, uh, more than 10 years ago, um, we started on this idea of coming up with, you know, it's going to sound a little funny, but kind of teaching, um, a computer to figure out how muskies are feeling and could we actually do that um, using, you know, technology and, you know, these smartphone computers that are in our pockets that can tell where we are and understand what's going on and, and really kind of, you know, bring that together and see if, if we could come up with a way to bring something new to the industry that um, I think, you know, we've had so much advancement in technology. You know, we're really, I'm really hoping that we might change, kind of change the conversation a little bit and give some people something more to think about and talk about. Well, and I guess that brings us to our, our very first question. The reason we're here is what is biometrics? So biometrics, um, so we kind of like grabbed onto this, you know, this title. This, we wanted to name it something very unique. You know, and biometrics are used other places in the computer world for kind of identifying a specific person um, or identifying kind of a specific set of things going on with that person. And so I thought that that really kind of made a lot of sense for this. And, and so what it is, is it's really, it's a pyramid of influencers that we can track. And when we track them and we mash them all together, what we find is that we can we came up with a biometrics score. So, and if you look at that kind of range of scores, the lowest is zero and the highest is 90. And just, it just breaks down into zero to 30, you know, 30 to 60, 60 to 90. So the max score you can get is a 90 and the lowest score you get is a zero. And so what we were able to kind of like or what we were trying to do, and then we're successful in doing it, is taking, you know, you know, I think we have about 25 or 26 different buckets of measurements that we get in real time. And when we push them all together, we get a score. And what we're starting to see is that, or what we have seen is that score is a really, really good predictor of how a muskie is feeling. So like, are they aggressive or are they sluggish or they're not really anything? They're just kind of normal, right? So the bottom you know, range is sluggish, the top range is aggressive, and then that middle range is normal. And so what, we, what we've seen is the ability to kind of go out and, and, and get things like moon phase, moon events, sun events, 
wind matters. Uh, barometric pressure is a huge influence, but it's, it's a lot more complicated than people give it credit for. And then also humidity, which is kind of complicated also because there's no such thing as humidity. Humidity is a, you know, kind of a derivative of dew point and in the current, you know, temperature and all that other kind of stuff. And so what we found is that we could, you know, take a person's phone and connect that to, we have over 850 NOAA uh, weather reporting stations reporting real time and allow people to configure this thing to say, you know, there's kind of two modes. There's an incognito mode where the app doesn't know where you are. And in that mode, you have to specify what lake, you know, you can specify a series of lakes that you want to watch. Like what are the biometrics on those lakes? So you could pick, for example, on my phone, I've got Cape Run, I've got Malax, I've got Vermilion, I've got Vilas County, I've got the Madison Chain, I've got Green Bay. And so those, what will you see is those um, different spots, they don't score the same because they connect to different weather reporting stations. And so they'll pick up the readings from the weather reporting stations and then they kind of blend those with things like seasonal influences. So like a common seasonal influence would be like the spawn or um, there's one that I made up, I call it the fall feed bag. Um, and so the, it takes all of those things and puts them all into consideration, comes up with the score. And then inside of a, uh, we actually take this biometrics thing and um, put it inside of a mobile phone app. So it actually runs underneath the MHTV, Muskie Hunter TV app. It's the primary feature of that app. That app has other stuff in it, but um, the primary purpose of that thing is to say, what is my biometrics for me right now? So it is for a specific person at a instant in time at a very specific location. And so what we end up with is a score. And then we actually can see where it fits on that kind of ranking and say, like, are, do we think the fish are aggressive or do we think they're sluggish or are they just kind of normal? And then how do they change over time? Is this something that you went out and actually um, was a key component to it, success in the boat as well? Or, I mean, how, how did you come up with all these parameters? Yeah, for sure. As a matter of fact, so I've been working on this since 2000, I think seven or eight. It actually started off as a, as part of a, a fishing game that we had made. And I was inherently lazy and we needed to make the game harder. And so uh, in order to make the game more dynamic, what we did was we hooked it up and figured out how to connect to these weather reporting stations. Then we, we put it together in the first version and put it out into an app and I was testing it. I had, I had it in my pocket. It was running all the time. And I was out on a lake up in Northern Wisconsin in Bylas County. And I had been hitting my milk run and really hadn't had anything going on. I don't even think I had a follow. And I was pretty much packing it in. I had been out for three hours and I was heading back to the dock and my phone popped and it said, Hey, the, the biometrics are going to, you know, jump up into the aggressive zone in the next 15 minutes. So I went back to one of my best spots and um, I had already fished it that morning. And uh, I think that was probably, and then within, I want to say about 20 casts, I caught a 35 incher. So not a big fish, but it was probably, or could be looked back as one of the most 
important fish I've ever caught because I was, I literally sat down and went, wow, uh, it worked. So after that, um, we started to advance it. And again, I mentioned that, you know, we shot a, a TV show on this with Jim Sarek. He's been part of the development of this all along. And him and I um, started running it on our, on our phones. And kind of most meaningful first success story that I got was they were running a musky school up in um, uh, Blackhawk Lodge up in Lake of the Woods. They, I think, you know, it's, it's Steve Hiding and Jim, and they have probably 30 guys up there. And, and their normal kind of routine is after dinner, they're doing a small seminar. And back in those days on that early version of the um, biometrics app, we would do a lot of notifications. Like we would like interrupt you and say, hey, you're going to have good, good opportunity fishing in the next 15 minutes. And we, it was more of a um, kind of wake up, the fisherman kind of like strategy and Steve was doing a, a seminar after dinner and he was talking about it and his phone went off and said, Hey, we, we should probably get out there. And then somebody else's phone went off and then somebody else's phone went off because they had multiple people running it in the school. And he finally said, do you guys want this seminar? Do you want to go fishing? And they all said they wanted to go fishing. So they got in the boats and they went out, I think within an hour, Steve had caught his personal best, his longest muskie, um, right when the app told him that, uh, that it was going to happen. And, uh, so he, he was pretty excited about that and we were really excited about it. Another kind of like success story, if you will, I, I'm a member of a local fish club here called the figure eight fishing club. And we, we have a Wednesday night fishing league and it's 30 to 40 guys on Wednesday nights. And, it's a local thing, but there's some pretty good sticks in there. Um, really, really good fishermen. And, and one guy is a guy named Nick Bristol. And I think he's been our league champion now two years in a row. And he just kind of sent me a text one day. He goes, I don't know how you got this thing to work like this. He said, but I look at it every day. He said, I watch it all the time. And I make sure that if I know there's a good fish, um, I'm on it when that thing tells me to. So it kind of gives you a forward look on when it's going to actually peak. And he said he was, I think this was last season, he was out really doing nothing. And then the biometrics trend jumped up into the aggressive zone um, in a pattern that we call tight windows. Jumped up into that zone for a very short period, it came back down. And during that time frame, um, I think he said he raised five and caught two. So yeah, we've had a, I've had a lot of excellent stories and a lot of like kind of you know really really positive feedback and it's gotten better. I, I want to say we we didn't really get it right in the beginning. Um, in the beginning, it was really just tracking with the moon, so it was giving too much weight to the moon. It kind of was tracking with the solar tables, so like the majors and the minors, and so we had to really work to tweak it. And, um, and we think it's better, significantly better than that. It, it doesn't replace the moon. You still got to pay attention to the moon, but it actually factors the moon in. And then one of the other examples of on the water testing that I think is really, really important for us is when things aren't going well. So when things are bad, is the app effective at, is the biometric score right when it's not good, when things aren't good? And and Jim was going over to Detroit Lakes last year to shoot a show. And when he's shooting a show, he's got a cameraman and he's 
planning ahead of time and stuff. So when, when you're shooting a show, you're shooting a show and you just go over there and hope that you can make something happen. And he was, he was going over and, um, the, uh, he gave me a call. He was driving over. He's like, Jeff, I hope the app's wrong. I'm like, what? He's like, it's telling me that for the next few days, the biometric score is going to hang down in the teens. So again, keep in mind, zero to 30 is considered sluggish. And with a couple of bumps right up into normal, but then back down. And sure enough, he went over there and he pounded it for two days. And they raised some real tanks, but only when the biometric score jumped up into the normal zone. And they were low and slow and super lazy. Um, but the rest of it was kind of a barren desert. It was kind of a dead zone. And so it, it, we've got on the water kind of proof of when it's good and also on the water proof of when it's bad. So is this something that uh, I'm, I'm assuming you're using the sunrise, sunset, that type of time frame as well? Yeah. So the factors and, and if you think about the pyramid of biometric layers, so at the, at the top of the pyramid is it's it represents the really fast changing stuff at the bottom of the pyramid where it's really wide. It's the super slow changing stuff. And there's a line about halfway through there that below that line are things like ecological influences. So like what type of water are you on? Are you on trout water? Are you on shallow water and rivers? Um, are you on the Southern reservoir? Are you in Canadian shield? We have a category called Minnesota Bigs. So we kind of optimize the algorithm for like vermilion and leach. And then we've got a Great Lakes category. So at the very lowest level are these super slow changing influencers of type of water, right? Uh, right above that are the attributes of the water, like clarity, fertility, depth. And then right above that is environmental things like algae, algae blooms, invasive species impacts, fishing pressure, stuff like that. So those bottom ones don't have a lot of influence, but those are the kinds of things that if we don't pay attention to, it completely blows it up, right? So we have to know, like, and the fishermen have to know if there's things going on down in, the, in that kind of wider part of the pyramid, that that's more about not screwing up than it is about getting it right. But then we move up into seasonal, monthly, daily, and real-time measures. So seasonal things are phases of the moon, uh, moon events, rise, set, overhead, underfoot, sun events, so sunrise, sunset. Then you start moving, and those are monthly, right? So then you move up into the daily stuff. Well, that's more like precipitation and cloud cover and wind, and you start getting more into kind of weather-oriented influences barometric pressure, dew point, humidity. And so those things can change super fast. So at the top of the pyramid is where all the potential comes from. Like the bottom of the pyramid is like where people who are new to muskie fishing can make big, make big mistakes and just screw up and, and really kind of hurt themselves. But the top of the pyramid is where the opportunity is. And then the other thing is, if you take all of the potential things we measure, and all the different combinations of what we measure, it's over 350,000 different combinations to get to a different score. And so 
all of those things pulled together create this weird kind of instinct. And, and there was also something else. I mean, I've, I've had this great pleasure of fishing with some really good musky guides. I love to go. I love to learn from those guys. I fished with Josh Borowski. I fished with Smitty. I, of course, fished with Jim. Some of these other guys out on the Great Lakes. And they all kind of, and Brad, I might suggest maybe you haven't fished yet, but with you yet, but you guys tend to have an instinct. And, and I would argue that guides who spend 120, 150 days a year on the water, they, you know, you're, you're picking up all these signals. Like you guys, it's kind of built into your DNA. You get it. You, you ever have those days, Brad, where you go, God, this just feels like a good musky day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's pretty common, I think. And, you know, I think as human beings, we neglect some of um, nature's ways as far as like our instincts are kind of blinded by technology in a sense, if that makes any sense at all. But I thought it was interesting, like when the phones were ringing, when you were talking about the uh, the school that you were at, you know, one of the things that I tell people all the time, I think we're all affected by these different things that we're talking about right now. And a lot of that is the moon, the sun and everything else, but you'll notice it with phone calls. If your phone starts ringing and it's usually three or four calls versus one, those are times they're peak times when there's activity. And I think if you spend enough time on the water, you kind of get back to your roots as far as knowing, Hey, it's going to happen here quickly. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, that neglect word that you said is absolutely spot on. That is a core part of the biometrics idea is that as humans, we're kind of bad decision makers. We tend to overemphasize recent information and also remember all the good stuff, right? So, so we're inherently bad decision makers in the moment. So how many people do you know that, you know, they get out on the water and, or have you heard about where they get out on the water and maybe things aren't going great. And instead of going to something that they know should work and focusing on that, they break off what they know and they start shooting in the wind with brand new baits, new locations, new presentations, right? Like that's not fair to the new bait because probably the, the muskie's mood for food isn't there. So you really don't want to be like shooting all over, starting new stuff. What you want to do is you want to try your new opportunities when your biometric conditions are great and you know that they're going to get good. And then you actually can go and pull out the new, uh, the new bait you got or the, the new location that you want to try and see if there's a fish there. Cause it'll actually be active. I think that it's really, I think there's a whole, cause I'm actually putting together a book on this and there's a chapter called instincts, knowledge and overrides. And I think as fishermen, we can tend to get stuck in our old traps that actually, if we knew that the the biometrics were going to get better, like maybe we're in, there's a biometric pattern that we call return to normal, which means you're down in this kind of like slumpy zone, like down in the sluggish zone, but you can see out in the future context that the world is going to get better. So what we do is we calculate the exact biometric score for that moment, but then we project it out for the next 24 hours and we do it, you know, in one hour increments for the next 24 hours. And then we also look 
um, backwards, right? And so if you can see that you've been kind of at the bottom in this kind of low kind of sluggish zone and you're still there, but you're right before the curve before it goes up, I think that changes your mindset as a fisherman, right? Like you feel optimistic instead of feeling beat down. And so then you got to start to think about the context. And you just had a podcast a couple of weeks ago about pattern. I think the people who are really embracing this see this as a really big influence on patterning because they can actually say, well, wait a second. I'm in what's called a tight windows pattern, which means I'm kind of hovering in the normal zone, which means things could be good, things could be bad, whatever. But I expect these like short windows to jump up, good activity, and then to drop off. Well, if I know I'm in the tight windows pattern based on the conditions, then I'm going to optimize myself for those biggest fish, the best opportunities in those windows. And then make sure that I take advantage of that. There's another one called brutal reality. That was the one that we talked about with Jim, right? When you're in the brutal reality pattern, you're down in the sluggish zone, but you will see small changes. And those small changes are what you have to fish. Never jumps way up into the aggressive zone, but you don't have to. You only got to get a fish to make one mistake, right? So, so that when's your best time to get a fish to make that right mistake. I like how you talked about that, the part there with the biometrics where you talked about, you know, if when you're playing around with new baits, you know, it's better to, to know our new spots. It's better to know that the, the conditions are in your favor. It goes back to, I'm trying to think which podcast it was. I want to say it might've been Dick that talked about it. He talked about how a lot of guys will try new spots or new, new stuff or a new technique when things are tough because they're looking to make a change. And like, that's not necessarily the best time to do it either because you, you don't necessarily give it a fair shake or however he, he said it. I think it was Dick. I wish I could remember exactly who said it. But, they, you know, in reference, you know, he was like, uh, some guys will try trolling during off-peak off times and they'll wonder why they don't catch fish trolling. And they're like, well, it was off-peak time, so you shouldn't necessarily always expect it to be, like, a miracle that, you know, or, or this, like, 100% success rate that you're going to do this different technique to catch fish. So I, um, I liked how you, how you mentioned that part. I think we have, well, we have identified five biometrics patterns. Uh, one of them is called tight windows. We talked about that one. The other one's called trouble brewing, which means you're in like a moderately good or a, you know, at least a normal zone, but you're about to, let's just say in the next hour and a half or two hours, you're going to see the significant drop, right? And then you're going to live in the, in the basement for a while. So that's trouble brewing. Then there's one that's called dream days. And dream days are the ones everybody remembers, right? So dream days are everything's coming together. You've got, you know, good barometric pressure, probably a falling barometer after what we call a, you know, a, a steady normal pattern in there. And then you've got these other events coming in, like maybe you've got a favorable moon phase. It doesn't have to actually be the new or the full, but you could be a couple percents within or without. Those are dream days. And then there's brutal reality, which is just, you know, tough conditions, post-frontal, all that stuff. And then there's one called return to normal. And so what we do is we talk about, like, what do you do in those, right? If you're, if you're in a dream days pattern, I would suggest a lot of people blow that opportunity because that's the opportunity to go for a big fish. And instead, they're running around 
you know, having a blast and there's nothing wrong with that. I've done it right. Where you, you catch three fish in a day or, or, you know, the biggest is 41. Well, that was also your opportunity to go get the big one, the really big one that you've been, that you've been seeing every once in a while, or you've seen it once or twice. And so that's the trap, right? So the, the action is so good. You lose track of everything. You lose track of the moon, you lose track of everything. And if you pay attention to the trend of your biometrics and the context, we call them the PCON and the FCON. PCON is the prior 24 hours. FCON is the future 24 hours. And if you see where you are in that context, then you can decide like, okay, if I'm going to return to normal, which means I've been deep in the water for a day and a half and really with nothing to show, that I can see I'm coming back up. Well, then maybe I need to go and say, well, where did I see a fish? Cause that one's probably going to come back and be ready to go. And then if I'm in a dream day pattern, you know, where's the big fish, where are they going to be? Are they going to be on the weed edge or are they going to be out by the Cisco's and then actually plan your day around where you think they are and try to seize it. All right. So Jeff, we kind of talked about what it is, some of the factors involved in it. If I'm a new user, like how do I get my hands on this information? So, you know, the, the, the place to start is muskymetrics.com, musky with a Y, and that'll get you kind of started. There is, so the way to do this, and again, I think that, that really the challenge with this whole thing is it's not rocket science. It's just too much data, right? So like nobody, if you're out fishing, is going to be tracking all this stuff and, and paying attention to all of it. And like I said before, I think the guys who are guides, they just instinctively understand. They can feel it. Right. They can feel what's going on and, and they know what to do. And Brad knows when it's time to go to a big fish spot because he can sense it. Right. Well, so what if people are new to it, what they want to do is they, you know, can go to the app store um, or the Google play. And then again, there's links on muskymetrics.com, but you go there and you install the app. And then again, I just, I mentioned it earlier and I just want to mention again, when you install the app, we will ask you, do you want your GPS on or off for the app? And the app works the same regardless of whether you have it on. If you turn it off, then nobody anywhere knows where you go. Because I know that's really important to fishermen. So if you say no to the GPS thing, it's fine. If you say yes, then you can enable a feature called follow me. And it's just wherever you are. It's, it's calculating um, the busky biometrics wherever you are. So like sometimes it's like ridiculous. Like if you went to Las Vegas and you had follow me turned on, it would, it would try to calculate the biometric score for muskies in Las Vegas. But otherwise, if you choose to not have it on, when you install it, just say no to the GPS ask. And then what you have to do though is go in to the lake list and put your list, your lakes in. You know, which lakes do you want to follow? And you don't have to put actual lakes in. You just could put in locations. Like I, I have one in there for Bylas County and I just, chose the city of Eagle river. So you don't, it, it's more location specific than lake specific, but you do have to tell it kind of what the lake is because it will care and it will, there will be things that will actually um, accelerate or decelerate the influence in that biometrics calculation based on the kind of lake you're in. And the other thing that's really important is a lot of people don't know that barometric pressure and humidity are very localized. So your height above sea level has a lot to do with what your barometric pressure reading is. So what would be considered high in one area might not be high in another area. And 
the classic example that I always use is Lake Winnebago is 800 feet higher than the Bay of Green Bay. So barometric pressure is different five feet under the water on Lake Winnebago than it is five feet under the water on the Bay of Green Bay. Go to the app stores, run the install, and install it on your phone. And what's the price on that, Joe? So it's free. So uh, the first version that we had put out, um, we had put out there for two ninety nine for the kind of entry level version, and then nine ninety nine for the big. And we decided when we redid the app and really improved the algorithm. One of the things that we learned along the way was these influencer buckets can steal power from the other influencer buckets. That was the big breakthrough. So I want to say about four years ago, three, yeah, four years ago, working with Steve Hiding and Jim on a humidity thing, because Steve was out on the lake and he was like, he's like, this is going to be a good night. And the app was just reading it as kind of normal. And so we used those specifics to kind of deliver on something Jim was kind of like harping on me about. And how do you kind of use humidity? Like it was super muggy that night. How do you use that? And what we learned there was when humidity comes in, it steals influence from the, from the moon or influence from the wind or, or something else. And so what we really kind of figured out how to do it was to make it, you know, kind of like balance all those things out all the time. And when we launched the new version, we decided to make it free. We said like, let's just put it out there for free and make the long play here. And the long play here is, we hope that somebody someday says that's such interesting intellectual property. We want to put it in our own electronics. So, so it's free. So Jeff, I know you earlier, you kind of mentioned there, there's a possibility of a book or however this is going to come together. You want to talk a little bit about that as well? Yeah, for sure. As I mentioned early on, we've been um, kind of working on this concept for a long time and like a, like a lot of concepts, you know, you, the first kind of attempt at it isn't what you thought it could be. And, and then, like I said, we had that kind of breakthrough and really kind of changed and dramatically improved the effectiveness. And, and then the success already started to come in. And so what, what I wanted to do was really kind of capture what's behind this. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about it with you guys. And, you know, we're talking about it for like going on an hour here. And, and I think we're just skimming this, surface, especially um, in those areas like those key patterns, right? So if you've got a tight windows pattern or a, a return to normal pattern or a dream day pattern, like how do we like kind of shake your mind up a little bit and get you to recognize maybe a trap you might fall into, some, some lure strategies, some fishing um, presentation techniques, things to do different, how to optimize, what kind of speed of fishing you should do, those kinds of things. So put it all together in a book. Um, so I'm the main author of the book. Uh, the book should be, we're in like draft, final draft status, Jim, Jim and I. So it's, it's called Muskie Metrics by Jeff Lang with Jim Sarek. So most of what you see in there is kind of my, you know, kind of core stuff about the technology with a whole bunch of kind of color commentary added by Jim about what that means on the water, how to use it, all that kind of stuff. And so that book should be out in October. And we're going to stand up the website for pre-order just to get on the list. Um, hopeful that people will pre-order so we can, I can decide how many books I get printed. So we'll probably get that up and running um, in August. 
And then again, anybody who's actually got the app installed, when you install it, it asks for your email address. If you put it in there, then you'll get a notice when the when the pre-order is available and when the book is available. But we definitely want it out there for people uh, by the time the holiday season rolls around. So we think it'll be back from the publishers in October. I need to go get it. I want to go get the app, and I want to see what it you know all entails. And I don't know. I'm intrigued. You know, I've heard about it previous to this, but nobody really explained it to me. You know, and I, I unfortunately, I'm always so busy. I never have time to do anything. But when we hang up here, I'm definitely going to go check it out and try to get the app. I know you are super busy, and if you have struggles sleeping, which you might not, but instead of going out into the shop at 3 a.m., you might maybe just bust open that PDF I sent you. I suggest, like, the first couple chapters, and then there's a kind of the summary chapter at the end. The middle is just like all the deep, like specifics and it's not done yet. You'll see a lot of post-it notes in there. Um, But that like wrap up chapter kind of lays it all out for you. I will say this much about biomed. It's not a silver bullet. It's um, there are no, I don't believe in silver bullets. There are no silver bullets. And I don't think biometrics are the thing there. I don't think they're ever going to be the thing on a day. But I will say that biometrics are always important in all the other stuff that fishermen are doing. So if you look at it, if people look at it like, oh, I'm only going to fish when the thing tells me to, I think that's a big mistake. I think what it really does is really helps the fishermen understand what their behaviors are, you know, what they're doing, what they might be doing differently. And what I really hope happens is it starts a whole new conversation in like the magazines and stuff. Because I've got this whole section on barometric pressure context. So this is the barometric pressure for 12, 24, 36, and 42, uh, 42 hours before your moment in time. And it actually categorizes the barometric pressure based on what was happening. So like what is the fish feeling by what was happening? And then it projects it out. And so there's like a lot of depth in there. So there's a lot to it. So I hope it doesn't get too nerdy for your for your uh, audience. I, I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. I don't think it's nerdy. I think, you know, we've talked about this, I think, since day one with the podcast. And, and generally speaking, it's a puzzle. And we're looking to put every piece of that puzzle together. And if it's going to benefit you and, and your catch rate, why wouldn't you go get this? You know, it only makes sense. Yeah, so I... um. I met Dick Pearson once and I of course got his video when it came out and watched it a thousand times. And he's the kind of guy that I would love to read the book and tell me if it's like it, right. You, you guys see what I'm saying there? Like if, if he actually read this, I think he's going to say, this makes a lot of sense. This is what we've been talking about. We just talk about it in a whole bunch of different ways. This gives us language to talk about it. So who knows, maybe someday I'll send him a book. I actually would have one signed by him of him. Maybe I should do the same. That would be cool. I'd be interested to know his, his uh, thoughts on it as well. I mean, if, it's, yeah. if you think BS, I'd like to know. <laughs> well, it'd be interesting because I, I do know that uh, the moon theories pretty much aren't part of his equation, although I think he's being swayed a little bit. So I think he could buy into the way we include moon. So I have moon as a factor. It's not the factor, 
But, you know, I talked before about the named context called tight windows. I think tight windows is the biometrics concept that made the moon famous, right? Because if you're running in a normal pattern with optimal conditions or just just almost optimal, then the thing that's going to matter is something predictable like moon overhead, underfoot, rise and set, right? And especially if you've got a good phase that aligns with sun events. And so the tight windows pattern is, I always say that's the one that made the moon famous because, and it's the one people remember. And so I think if you were to, you know, kind of look at the way that it is included here, because it is just a factor. And if there's something really good going on in the weather, because like I hung around enough with Tony Rizzo, he was pretty adamant. He said, weather always trumps moon. And I would say, well, weather and moon are always important together. And depending on how one is doing, the other one may or may not have more influence. And so what we've done is we just boiled that down to a mathematical equation that knows how to say, look, if there's something really good going on with a, what I call a, a spiky normal barometric pressure, plus some incoming wind and some cloud and some humidity, it's going to mute out the moon. But if that stuff isn't there, then the moon's going to have more weight in the calculation. And, and that, that was the breakthrough was to figure out how to make those things play appropriately together. So yeah, really interesting to hear how the guys that are brainiacs about all this stuff, what they would think. I'm wondering, you know, one of the things that, that Dick Pearson talks about quite a bit is thermals. And what he means by thermals is not necessarily the water temps, although that could be part of the equation, but, one of the things that we've discussed quite a bit is if you had thermal imaging of a body of water, you could potentially see where the currents are moving in a, even in a lake. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a river or a stream. There's currents in, in the lake, even when there's strong winds. Is there something out there that actually would show you where those thermals are in the different current directions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I listened to that. He brought that up in one of your one of your podcasts, and I found that super interesting. I think Dick was the first one that taught me about the Cichy effect and the you know how the wind blows around on like Canadian Shield Lakes and creates a forward pressure and then a, a back flow and just kind of his whole focus on current and and the impact of that. And then and I can't remember it was another one of your guests what was also talking about some foam lines and the way the wind can create a visual, right? So that kind of puts together that idea that, that Dick was talking about, right? So when the water moves, where does it create a thermal line, right? So where is there a difference? And, you know, from a biometrics perspective, that was something that we had put in not to be able to see the line, but to understand the impact. And so in the biometrics, um, algorithm, the wind is a stronger player at certain times of the year because of its secondary effect of changing water temperature. So a strong wind in the fall has a cooling effect on it. And so we'll actually take a look at where people might be fishing based on which direction the wind is flowing. And then they might get a boost in their algorithm because of you know, especially if you've been on a super hot period like we were last summer, 
And then we started to get some either rain or cold, um, cold fronts that would move, move the water around. And most people would characteristically think, Ooh, cold front, but not last year, not after that. Right. Because that changes. So the secondary effect of the change in temperature of the, of the water was more important to me to get that right in the algorithm than the actual like sloshing of the water because of the wind. As for, you know, looking down the road, I do think that being able to model out where those currents are or see them with thermal imagery uh, is such an intriguing idea because, well, to steal Dick's, you know, thing is edges, right? So where's the edge? And that's a kind of a vertical edge that flows horizontally across a body. Uh, so, yeah, be definitely looking into into that. And I have been after I heard that podcast, which was a while ago. I was just curious. I mean, somewhere somebody's got that technology already, you know, off a of satellite or whatever. But I was just curious if uh, it was something that maybe you could incorporate. Yeah, I have one that works on a smartphone, um, and you can see you know, different thermal, like, leakages on houses and stuff like that. And uh, it doesn't seem to draw enough attention to the difference on water yet, right? Like, it's not sensitive enough for that, the one that I tried. So, uh, but it is an interesting idea, for sure, because it's, it's, it's an invisible, it's an invisible factor that if somehow we make it visible, we can we can use it. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you for coming out and talking about biometrics, kind of enlightening our listeners into you know what it is if they're not familiar with it and where they can go get the app and go check this stuff out and start playing around with it. And uh, I also appreciate you coming out and talking about that book. Possibly we maybe can give you a short segment when uh, when that's ready to go out, so our listeners, if they're interested in, in getting that, they can get an uh, an idea of you know when they can get that book or when it's released and. So, Jeff, I just want to, you know, thanks again for coming out. I want to thank all of our listeners for listening again this week. We really appreciate them. Without them, we are, you know, we're nothing. Brad and I are just hanging out, talking. And so we we really appreciate them. And so, Jeff, I hope you have a great uh, a great summer on the water. Thank you for coming out. Yeah, thanks so much, you guys. I really do appreciate it. <laughs>